Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The hideaway is open tonight. I licked at it or whatever. You know, quicksand is that the equivalent is made out of dicks, 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 dicks. It's banter. What do you think about Brexit? What's that? Does that mean we won't have any cheese? Are you joking? You are a liar, actress. 100% white type on paper. so excited to spend a little bit of intimate personal time with just our listeners this week. In today's episode, we're not doing an interview. We're going to break down a few different things, specifically what we have referred to throughout our recaps this season that we have coined the OG Islander bias. Mm -hmm. Is that real? Is it backed up by stats? I don't know. Mara knows, but we'll all find out together. I made a graph. I'll post that on social. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to go over our lexicon and explain in depth why and how we feel Love Island is a game and how it should be played. Yes. But before we get started, as always, please leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify and tell a friend about this podcast. It always helps to get the word out and we would love to keep bringing you new content and exciting interviews. And lastly, as always, please don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at She's Got the Chat on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And, you know, TikTok is still kicking for now. For now. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. Interested to see what would happen if we uh, didn't have TikTok anymore. I know. I actually wonder if it would rejuvenate Instagram and, like, have that be more of a Gen Z platform. I think it would. I think it would, or they would just find something new. Yeah. Instagram Reels would go off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, we're on all of those places for now, (laughs) as long as they exist in our country. Follow us. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, let's let's chat. chat. 
<laughs> that always makes me laugh. I know. I it does. Know it's so silly. Yeah. <laughs> we always do it like just slightly off. Right. And then I have to fix it in editing, but it's just always like a fun moment for me to really get in it. We're, yeah. we're recording. We're doing it. We're chatting. Let's go. Tell me about the OG Islander bias. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our OG Islander bias is the theory that as an original Islander, you are more likely to be protected by the producers and therefore shuttled to the finale. And we just want to make a quick distinction that as we go through this, we will be talking about OG Islanders, which we are seeing as people who are present for the original coupling. So they're either stepping forward or being stepped forward for for the original coupling on day one. And we're also going to be talking about day one bombs because they are also coming into the villa on day one, but they're not technically a part of the OG cast. But we will be going over the statistics for both of those groups of Islanders for each season. Right. In season one, the original Islanders that made it to the finals were Lewis, Lauren, Josh, John, Hannah, and Jess. So out of the 12 original Islanders, six of them made it to the finals with one OG Jess winning with her week two bombshell, Max. And we discussed this on the episode that we did with Lauren about how weird that season was with couplings. Yeah. And we need to go back and, and rewatch and get a little bit more clarity. But from what we read online, it seems like Max was maybe single for like weeks, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But yeah, he was an earlier bombshell than I remembered. They just didn't couple up until rather late in the season. I do kind of vaguely remember that, though, because I remember it was like kind of shocking. Like they, he was just he was so protected because of that, <clears throat> that he was able to right. stay in the villa for as long as he was. Right. Like they kept him in their single Mm-hmm. which just would never happen for that length of time at oh this point. Right. I could not even imagine. Weeks. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So moving on to season two, our OG Islanders that also made it to the finale were Nathan, Kara, Olivia, and Scott. So four out of ten of the OG Islanders that season made it to the finale. And Nathan and Kara, who were both OGs and an original couple, won that season and are married with two children. Pretty crazy. (laughs) I know. I saw the cutest video on Instagram the other day of Nathan singing with their daughter. Oh, so cute. They're kids. They're really cute. Kids thing. Yeah. So in season three of the original Islanders that made it to the finals were Amber, Kim, Camilla, Olivia, and Marcel. So five out of the ten Islanders made it to the finale with Amber and Kim, an early on couple, winning. And we've discussed Amber and Kim before, but they had that really interesting storyline of both recoupling in Casa Amor, and during season three, it was structured uh, in a way that if you came back to the villa single and your partner had recoupled, you were dumped. Mm -hmm. So since they both came back recoupled, they were able to both stay in the villa and then get back together and end up winning the season, which I kind of think is unlike anything that we'll ever see again, the run that they had on the show right i feel like they were so intriguing as a couple i think kem was just so interesting but then yeah the casa drama really cranked it up (laughs) Mm -hmm. what did you find so interesting about kem i think he was just really personable 
And, you know, mm-hmm. he had that whole dynamic duo situation with Chris. Yeah. And I think that the two of them together, just like the silly boy antics, it was good. But it was also like, you know, he would like talk to Chris about all the drama with like Olivia and Chris because they had a lot oh, of yeah. drama. Oh, they did. It <laughs> so was like a little yes. shoulder to Toxic cry on. Toxic couple. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely was a shoulder to cry on for Chris. He also just in general had a really good rapport with all the boys in the villa. He was like short, shorter than them. And right. that was, I feel like, a big storyline. But yeah. <laughs> Amber was tiny. And yeah, they were a super early on couple. Right. Yeah. Season four. The OG Islanders from that season that made it to the finale were Danny, Jack, Laura, and Wes. What's interesting about that is that Laura and Wes were originally a couple and then both ended up recoupling with other bombs, Megan and, oh God, who was Laura with? Jack? No, Jack? What was his name? Paul? What was his name? Don't remember. Yeah, something that didn't last very long. She's also currently pregnant. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so so that season, four out of ten Islanders made it to the finale, and Danny and Jack, who were, as I said, both OG Islanders and also a very early on couple, uh, ended up winning. And just a note, Adam Collard was the day one bomb of season four. Yeah. A good bomb. Such a good bomb. Such a classic. <laughs> I feel like him and Davide are like the most classic day one bombs. Definitely. Like, Sending in the hottest guy we can possibly cast yes. <laughs> to shake shit up immediately. Yes. <laughs> like, that is what you want out of a day one bomb. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> For season five, the only original Islander that made it to the finals was Amber Gill. And the remainder of all the finalists were either bombshells or Casa bombs. And the caveat to all of this is that Tommy and Curtis entered as day one bombshells. They were also in the finale. But the fact that Amber was the only member of the OG cast that made it to the finals, I think is really interesting, especially given the fact that this is season five, most people's favorite season. Yeah. And I think it speaks to our point big time with that. Absolutely, that seasons are significantly less interesting if the people that you see walking in on day one are the exact same cast of characters that you see with, you know, Caroline, Laura, or Maya Jamma at that finale. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and so Amber won with Greg, who, as we've discussed before, was a super late season bombshell and rather unimportant. Honestly, he kind of just served to have her be in a couple so that she could win the show (laughs) right literally season six our og islanders that made it to the finale were Paige and shanice um and then jess was a day one bomb in season six so two out of the 10 og islanders made it to the finale with Paige and finn Paige being an og islander finn being an early bombshell winning the season and still together today yeah they're cute and that was the first winter season right i wonder how their instagram numbers are I wonder if they're Let me check. were as bad as this season's. Paige Turley, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, she is 1.6. Yeah. They didn't have to put their Instagrams like into dark mode. Yeah. Finn has 1.2. Right. 
They're doing very well for themselves. They still had a lot of, yeah, a lot of engagement during the during the season. I want to look up how many Shanice has. 1.5. Wow. They did way better than any of the Islanders this season. Although I don't actually know what their followings were when they got off the show. Right. I see all three of them as people who have really capitalized on their audience and probably grown it even since the show. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Shanice and Luke aren't together anymore, are they? No, I think they broke up recently. Or maybe not Wasn't recently. she like obsessed with Disney? Wasn't that her whole personality? Oh, shit. That's right. She was a Disney adult. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like that was a big part of her and Luke's storyline too, as they were like both into Disney. I was like, kill me. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Okay. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on to season seven. The original Islanders that made it to the finals were Toby, Faye, and Kaz. Uh, but I want to make a note that Chloe, who was a day one bomb, also made it to the finale here. So three out of the ten original Islanders were finalists with bombshells, Millie and Liam winning the season. That was another yeah. interesting thing. While writing up these stats, I was like, that was pro- that was like our first bombshell only couple that won. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, up until now, it's either been an OG couple or an OG with a bomb. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. Millie and Liam were beloved. They, they also broke up recently. Right. Um, no, they got back together. They did? Yeah. There's a lot of speculation and rumor that they're back together. Oh, um, there it was like an article that basically confirmed it. But uh, yeah, like last weekend, there were people who were taking pictures that Liam had posted and that Millie had posted and they realized that they were in the oh, same classic car. sleuthing being classic like sleuthing. the the Thomas and Becca from Paradise being like they're using the same wine glasses right now they're together <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man wow that is so interesting holy shit okay so we just recapped season nine it wasn't until season seven that we had somebody who wasn't an OG Islander winning and actually Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Well, we'll talk about season eight right now. Yeah. So season eight, our OG Islanders that made it to the finale were Gemma, Luca, Dami, India, Tasha, and Andrew. That's a shit ton. Yeah. Davide, of course, was our day one bomb, and he not only made it to the finale, but won with Ekansu, who was a day three bomb. So that's a little bit, I mean, if we're counting, you know, OG Islanders as just the original cast who's stepping forward for each other, then that would be the second time in a row that we had winners who were not OGs, right. but they're still very early Islanders. Absolutely. Yeah. And lastly, our season nine original Islanders that made it to the finals were Kai... Shaq, Tanya, Ron, and Lana. That is five original, five out of ten of the original Islanders making it to finals with Kai and Sanam winning the show. And Tom obviously was a day one bomb. He also made it to the finals. So we went a little bit back, although we've never had a Casa bomb win before, but Kai, of course, was an OG Islander winning the season with a bomb seems to be a little bit more of a standard uh, outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are your takeaways from this <sighs> data that you collected, Mara? Thank you for 
putting in the work to do so. <laughs> of course. It was actually really fun to do it. I think that I was pretty shocked overall. I, I actually kind of thought for some of the seasons there were more people who were original Islanders that were in the finale. So going through it and seeing that that wasn't really the case was interesting. I've made this graphic, right? Mm, this one? Yes. As you can see from the graphic, it like dips down lower in the middle. So our seasons yeah. like four, five, six, seven are kind of like um, bookended by a lot more OG Islanders being popular with those like middle seasons having fewer of them. Um, no, that is interesting. It's kind of like five and six are the lowest and then four and seven are a little bit higher. Right. And then, you know, three, eight are pretty high in terms of OG Islander bias. Right, right. And so I think, like we said before, I would say like most people would feel five is the best season with three following after that. Mm -hmm. That's usually what I hear people say. Same. And so it's interesting that we had, obviously, season five only had Amber Gill as the original Islander that won. Mm -hmm. And then season three only had, what, five original Islanders, including any of the day one bombs. So I guess it doesn't necessarily determine whether or not a season is going to be good, of course. But I, it does seem to matter, I think, because we've also, like, eight and nine had a ton of original Islanders that made it to the finale, and I feel like those were not super well-loved seasons. No, they weren't. If we look at some of the earlier seasons that did have more OG Islanders making it to the finale, so let's just take season three as an example. Yeah. Amber and Kem, I already in this episode talked about the journey that they went on, right? So they were able to keep their storyline super interesting through that whole, like, Casa situation. Camilla was just a beloved Islander overall. For those who don't know, Camilla was, I would say of all of the Islanders that have ever been on the show, had the biggest response of, like, what are you doing on Love Island? Right. (laughs) She had this insane job where she would go to countries where there had been wars Mm -hmm. and, like, get rid of leftover explosives and, like, bombs. Like, uh, not mining. Um, Yeah. Like, uh, landmines. Landmines, yes, yes, yeah. yes. She would remove landmines to make these bases safer for the people who lived there. It was just fucking crazy, and everyone was like, truly, what are you doing on the show? She was a little bit, yeah. like, shy and modest and just very not Love Islandy. but she became super beloved right. and ended up coupling up with a bombshell named Jamie, who she is now married to and has children with. I love Camilla and Jamie. (laughs) I loved watching Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Camilla was one of the best Islanders of all time, I think. She just had such a good, like, victimization edit. Yes. Because she had so much trouble finding a partner. So Olivia from season three. Olivia Atwood is objectively one of the most successful Islanders, I would say, to ever come off of the show. And she had a very, very push and pull back and forth on again, off again relationship with Chris throughout the course of the season that also kept their storyline super interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Marcel, he made it to the final with Gabby, right? Yeah, that's right. Marcel, what fucking band was he in? Oh, 
fuck? You know, the song was <laughs> Crossroads. The song was... It was... God, they mentioned it all the time. All the time! Constantly. What the fuck band was that? I'm going to look it up. Blazing Squad. Yes. Blazing Squad. Blazing Squad. Oh, my God. That was, I would say, a huge part of his storyline. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Wait, hold on. I need the I need the, a little bit of the there goes. See you at the crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. TBT to Marcel. Love it. At this point, um, the show had gained a fair amount of popularity. And I think this is sort of also when equity and the idea that it was a lot of white islanders who were doing well they needed more people of color and they needed more Mm. people of color making it to the end so i think that was also what helped marcel i think people were engaged in his storyline good point marcel i believe is the first if i'm remembering all of this correctly the first black og islander to make it to the final yeah and then wes in season four as well so it, it did shift the tides a little bit which right. is great and then i mean season five amber gill winning so right. interesting mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah and people absolutely loved his relationship with gabby i remember loving his relationship with gabby this is definitely one of the seasons i would love to go back and rewatch if i had all the time in the world so anyway i just feel like it's interesting to kind of compare that to these later seasons seasons eight and nine where we also have a lot of og islanders making it to the end but it's like well what did we get out of their storyline Gemma and luca were just fucking toxic they were pretty much together the whole time he was extremely controlling yeah concerning behavior that mm-hmm. we saw with luca so that was not a super interesting storyline personally for me dami and india definitely had a good one they kind of did the Kem and Amber route of both recoupling and Casa and then getting back together. So that was a pretty good storyline. Tasha and Andrew did the same. Right. This season, though, it feels different to me than even these earlier seasons where there were more OG Islanders making it all the way. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think moving forward, like if I were a contestant going on the show, the desire to be cast as an original Islander would be very, very, very high because... They're not protecting their bombs as well as I think that they should be because their bombs are really the people who are coming in to create the drama and stir things up, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like they need to be protected to a certain extent. Absolutely. Not just like thrown in and then cast aside. What is the average number of Islanders per season? Of original? No, just like Islanders overall. Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) Because I do think that that puts into context a little bit, like how much higher your chances of making it to the final are as an OG versus a bomb. Yeah, I think it's probably around 30, 35 is my guess off the top of my head. Of course, Casa, that would be at least, it's usually at least five Islanders that they bring in for that. So plus the originals, it's like 10. 
And then all the bombs would be. I think that there were six bombs, six girl bombs and six boy bombs this year in Casa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at 30 plus Islanders who are on this show every year. Right. Right. Based on that understanding of how many contestants there are, there is an OG Islander bias is my takeaway. 100%. If it was equal opportunity, we would be seeing way fewer OG Islanders in the final. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the producers are maybe under the impression that we like seeing all the original Islanders make it to the end, but I definitely don't think that that's actually the reality. Yeah, and I mean, we've discussed how there have been less public votes over the past few years, and I think that that's a part of it. I was looking back here, because you had, and we didn't even discuss this, but you said that Jessica was the day one bomb on season three. Mm -hmm. And the storyline there was that she came in as the bomb, ended up pretty quickly coupling up with Dom, who was also with Montana originally. Side note, Montana also just got engaged and is also pregnant. Congratulations, Montana. (laughs) (laughs) But they ended up coupling up. And then Jess was like shock dumped early on in the season. Mm -hmm. And Dom left the show to be with her and they're still together. And they, I think, also have kids. So just an interesting, like, I'm not saying that's necessarily what we want to see. I actually would have loved to see them stay on the show longer, but it did shake things up in a way that, again, I just don't think we would see these days. I know. And that's interesting TV to have to watch Dom make that decision about if he's going to stay on the season or not. Right. I do remember really liking Jess and Dom. Yes. Loved them. She was, she is gorgeous. Spectacular. Like, like, yeah. Looks like Ashley Graham to me a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Ari. I think it's like we got to see him make this struggle decision. We got to see him, you know, choose that relationship over the show, which was interesting. Very for TRR. Very for the right reasons, if Very you Very for the right reasons. Yeah, I I definitely think, and I know we talked a little bit about this with like both Lauren and Cass in our last two interviews, but the lack of the public vote is a big issue. There needs to be more of that. And I love breaking up the original couples. Like they would always like send home one member of a couple, Mm -hmm. which would like throw a total spanner in the works. And it always rocked the boat big time. And I don't know why they don't. Do that. Well, because if you're the Dom, you have to decide, am I going to leave or am I going to figure out a way to make it seem for the right reasons for me to stay? Right. Exactly. And just a side note, even though they did not make it very far on their season, Jess has 1.1 million followers and Dom has 667,000. Wow. So pretty good for how long they were on their shows, which I think yeah. does show the importance of a postseason parasocial game and a postseason parasocial relationship. Yes. Oh my god, look how cute. They're adorable. They have two babies and one of them They're has so like cute. the blondest curls. Freaking cute. So this kind of leads us into chatting a little bit more about game strategy in general we talk about it a lot on the show but we want to make sure that our listeners understand our perspective when discussing this show 
mm-hmm. so that you guys are like, all right, this is what they think about. This is the mindset that they have while watching the uh, lens of which we are looking through. Yeah. <laughs> Ari, tell everybody a little bit about the game strategy that I guess we sort of have adopted. Yeah. So we just want to make it clear, and we've tried to clarify this in the past, that we know that this show is you know, somewhat about finding love and successfully people have found love on it. And what we're about to talk about does not in any way take away from that being a possibility. However, in order to find love on this show, you have to be good at the game. Yes. And so it's kind of all wrapped up into one. Our general thoughts about Love Island and how to play the game are that you, first of all, need to do some preseason work to get in good with the producers to hopefully be a part of the OG cast, right? Mm -hmm. And then you need to make yourself a character that the audience becomes attached to either because of just what you're bringing to the villa individually or what you're bringing to the villa in your couple dynamic. And if you're able to do that and become somebody that the audience is either rooting for or rooting against or just really invested in in general, that is kind of how you solidify your spot on these shows. And I think that one of the reasons that you can do that so much more as an OG Islander is that just people are seeing you from the beginning of the season. They're, you know, invested in your journey. You're not coming in halfway through. And, you know, if, if a bomb is coming in halfway through, you're the one that the audience kind of identifies more with because you've been there from the beginning so you become the more important islander the more powerful islander in that dynamic with a new bombshell right i don't know that was a little bit rambly do you have a more succinct way of chatting about how we see the game strategy of love island yeah i think a big part of this is like you said it is both coming into the show to play the game in order to find love and to gain exposure. But it is also beyond that. It's maintaining that exposure once you're out of the show. So a lot of people complain about people just going on the show to get followers. Right. Right. I don't think that's inherently bad. And I think that we as a a nation, (laughs) we as a public (laughs) need to change. our. We as a nation torn apart by the revolutionary war, but (laughs) united nonetheless. (laughs) Yes. Let's unite together again. (laughs) Under the same same banner. All hail the king. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that we as a public need to abandon this idea that it's bad to be an influencer. Yes, it is. I get it. It's a fucking annoying to see ads all the time. People just shilling shit. But it's not even really about that. Like, that's how they make their money. But it's also fun to see the off screen drama. Right. Like we want to see if these couples last. We want to see if they put out funny TikToks. Right. Like we all enjoy that. It's entertainment. These people are entertainers. They're on a TV show. So. To me, it's like hypocritical for the public to be like, we want you on the show. We want you to be interesting. We want you to cause drama. The second you get off, stop it. <laughs> right? right. Don't benefit from it. Go back to your day job. I never want to hear from you again. Like, that's not actually what people want. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's silly. It's silly. So when we talk about the game strategy, like you said, I think you said it well. You go in. You want to be an original Islander or a day one bomb. 
You want to have a character for yourself. You want to portray yourself in a way that would be interesting to the viewers at home. You want to make yourself likable, interesting. You want to maybe play up a victimization if possible. Have people sympathize with you, root for you. You want to be rooted for by both the audience and also the other islanders in the villa as well. And the producers. And the producers. And you have to get in good with the producers to be protected. Yes. It's a lot to manage, and I imagine this is why the show itself is often mentally taxing and exhausting for the people on it. Yeah. Because that's a lot of just, like, balls in the air that you're juggling. Absolutely. And then, obviously, a game strategy if you're coming in as a bombshell, specifically it costs a bomb, and this is why we gave Sanam so much credit. I mean, you kind of have to claw your way into a an important role mm-hmm. on the season if you're coming in as you know, not an OG uh, OG Islander or day one bomb. If you're coming in anything later than that, you have a lot more grafting to do, a lot more work to do to solidify your place in the villa. And those people are often extremely successful. We'll go over in just a second the top Instagram champions of Love Island as of Sunday, April 23rd at 3.20 p.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> yeah. Not that anyone is going to gain millions of followers and overtake them <laughs> by the time this episode is released. Um, but you'll see that a lot of them actually are bombshells. So it's interesting to to chat about that, and we'll get into that, like I said, in just a second. But it's definitely something that can be done, but requires a real concerted effort to put yourself in a position of power in the villa to become a protected player by the producers seeing that you're getting, you know, any sort of reaction, good reaction, bad reaction. I even think like to a certain extent, Olivia was a protected player for how long she stayed in the season, even though the audience hated her so much because the ITV was able to see how much buzz about the show she was driving. Yeah. What do you think about the Islanders? Because obviously this came up this season with Ron and Jesse, like being called game players. Yeah. How do you think that should be adjusted? There needs to be a little bit of a switch with the contestants coming onto this show and they need to adopt a mentality of this is a game openly. I think that they all have that mentality. And I mean, the setup of the show is that you get to the finale and have the possibility of winning money. We've talked right. about talked about in the past that if you come out of the show with millions of followers, you're going to make more money on your first brand deal than you do splitting 50K with your partner that you win with. So it's really not right. about that. It's about getting to the end and having as much screen time and getting a following, right? Right. But I think that because that piece is in place, it's a little bit easier to make the switch to it openly being a game. Yeah. Obviously, you have to maintain the for the right reasons narrative, right? And that's where Tom went, or that's where uh, Ron rather went a little bit wrong by making it seem like he had kind of scripted the run that he was going to have in the show with Lana. So I don't think that that is necessarily something that needs to shift. Like you shouldn't be going in scripting how your relationship is going to progress, right? That's not... Not necessarily something that I think would be super successful, but once you are in that situation, you and your couple are strategizing. You're figuring out how to be a loved Islander, how to be a loved couple, how to have your moment, how to do your Will and Jesse declaration of love on the terrace. Like Those are choices and decisions that you are making not only for your relationship, but also for your place on the show. 
Hundred percent. There's a term in D and D called railroading, uh-huh. where the DM will guide the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. The DM and is the dungeon master. The dungeon master, the game master, GM is another term for it. <laughs> uh-huh. And basically, the concept is just that: as the DM, you're the one creating the storyline, and so you. D and D for anyone who doesn't know is essentially a choose your own adventure kind of style game. It's a role playing game. You pretend to be a character. Anyway, so the the DM creates a storyline, and you're supposed to have it so open ended that your characters could just pick different paths to take, or take one that you didn't even think that they could take, right? But sometimes uh, you can. Ri- Sometimes DMs, a, a not a good one, would railroad the storyline, so they force the players to make a certain kind of decision in huh. order to propel their story forward. So that is kind of what Ron was doing. As you were describing it, it reminded me of that term. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit further to me how you feel like Ron doing that? You mean like he was kind of railroading his relationship with Lana from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, he said that... You know, the couples that do well have, like, they get all their drama out of the way in the beginning and then um, are smooth sailing through Mm -hmm. the end. Yeah. And that is what happened with Lana. I mean, this is under the assumption, right, that he was actively attempting to do that, right? Mm -hmm. He might not have been. He knew that that was exactly what he had to do to get that was like a type of game strategy that he could play. Mm -hmm. He knew that that was what he wanted to do. So he did ditz around, fuck around a little bit early on and then made sure that he did not fuck around any later after that. Yeah. So. Interesting. And how do you think he could have played it better? Because I guess, like, technically they did have a good outcome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he played it wrong, necessarily. If they got second place, like, Mm -hmm. I think he... Did it probably as best as he could. I will say, like, if he wanted to win, I think what he could have done differently was I think he needed to be a more interesting character himself. Yes. Because Lana was already really well liked. So Yes. And he knew that. He didn't have to worry about that one. But he needed to make himself more likable. And I don't think he knew how to do that, to be honest. I agree. I agree. I also, as you're saying this, I'm thinking and kind of amending my previous thoughts because what's really important is not only having a good run as a couple, but also the friendships that you create with the other islanders. So in the podcast that Mara and I have discussed before, Game of Roses, they essentially break it down into four audiences that you're playing to on Bachelor. And I think that it's very similar in Love Island. The first audience is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. So in this case, your first audience would be whoever you're romantically pursuing. Mm -hmm. Your second audience is the rest of the Islanders. So having friendships, dynamic duos, etc. in the house. Your third audience is the producers. And the fourth audience is the viewer. Love Island Universe. So... You do have to have a balance of playing to all of those audiences in order to have a successful run through the show. So do Mm -hmm. you want to chat about that a little bit in the context of some of the Islanders that we've created a list of who have the most Instagram followings from the show? Yes. 
So we're going to be going over the six players who have been on Love Island that we were able to find who have over three million Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. So at the bottom of that list is Olivia Bowen. She was from season two and ended up coupling up with Alex. I don't even remember what her name was because he's Alex Bowen and they're married and that's why that's her name now. It's also started with a B, I think, her maiden name. But she was an original Islander, I believe. Yes. So Olivia Bowen has 3.1 million Instagram followers. Do Mm. you what do you remember of the game that she played on the show? This one's a little murky in the memory bank. So I remember that she was really likable because she had a pretty strong, I feel like strong victimization play maybe early on. Mm -hmm. Am I remembering that correctly? I feel like she did because also they, maybe I didn't bring this up before, but this was the storyline where she and Alex were kind of, getting to know each other and then he went to the hideaway and slept with someone else and that was a uh, victimization play in and of itself but then they had a coming back together storyline and they came in second that season behind Nathan and Kara yeah Uh, I I mean I remember Olivia was very charming she had a really good personality and she was funny being Mm -hmm. funny is always a good thing to do if you're Mm -hmm. on the show be Mm -hmm. as funny as fucking possible because You'll get a lot of screen time and also people really like funny people. So I remember she was really funny and I think between her general personality and demeanor plus the victimization that she got from him messing around, I think that was enough to propel them into the second second place slot. Yep. They were also just an extremely hot couple, which doesn't hurt. Right. So basically, hot. if you want to be successful on the show, be hot and funny. Be hot. <laughs> Easy. Be hot and funny. Hard, hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you're not both. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that a part of the reason that she went on to continue to gain a following after the show, because season two is pretty early on to have such a high following, mm-hmm. but she was on Say Yes to the Dress. I think that they actually did a few spinoff shows. They had their own spinoff show. That's right. Yeah, I think there's like a say yes to Alex and Olivia as well. They did a lot of YouTube stuff. They had Happily Ever After. Alex and Olivia Happily Ever After. That was their own little spinoff show. That's like Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After, right? Is that the same thing? Was it like a TLC thing? Maybe. Do you remember that show that Ben Higgins and Lauren Bushnell, now Lauren Lane? Yeah. Yeah, TLC. You're right. Yep. So, yeah, celebrity couple Alex Bowen and Olivia Buckland, that was her maiden name on the show, have tied the Mm -hmm. knot. Cameras follow the glamorous duo in their new chapter as they deal with various obstacles in their work, fame, and marriage. So they, I would say, had a great post-season run. Obviously, they got to second as well, but I don't think that they would be, I mean, Alex is not, but I don't think that Olivia would be in this top six list had it not been for what they did post-show as well. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next up at 3.2 million Instagram followers is our queen, Ekansu. 
This is more recent. Yeah, she she's an easy one to discuss. I mean, obviously, she came out swinging. <laughs> yeah. She had no concerns whatsoever for stirring the pot, coupling up with whoever the fuck she had to couple up with to stay in there. Mm-hmm. She did not care about fighting in public. She did not care about kissing in public. She mm-hmm. she did it all. And that is what made her great TV. Yep. She gave no fucks. <laughs> she gave no fucks. And I think that she had an unbelievable first, third, and fourth audience game. First yeah. audience being whoever she was pursuing romantically. Third audience being the producers. Fourth audience being us. Yes. Absolutely. I think that she probably had a good second audience game as well. But for me, those are the three that really propelled her to her stardom. Yeah, 100%. All right. Who's next? Fourth on our list is with 3.6 million Instagram followers, Danny Dyer, the daughter, not the famous father. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I think that she is our first. No, you want to know what? This is crazy. Oh, no. Ekansu is a winner. So Ekansu and Danny are the only two people on this list who actually won right but danny won with her boyfriend at the time jack fincham the pen salesman in season four i'm taking it based on that noise that you just made that you are not a fan not a fan of jack definitely not (laughs) me neither he's uh, he always sucked (laughs) <laughs> I know he was annoying and he had like the worst veneers of anyone I've ever seen on the show, which is saying. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about those veneers, dude. Yeah. Let's talk. They were about- horrific. <laughs> I'm going to look up a picture. <laughs> no. I, oh, so Danny, that's an easy one to uh, she's an easy one to talk about, too. Actually, I feel like she also kind of had like a victimization play because Jack actually kind of did what Ron did, or Ron probably copied him, but it was like he was sort of messing about. He wasn't really fully committed to her and then eventually committed fully. Mm -hmm. And Danny was likable as well, I think, for the similar reasons as Olivia. It was like she, yeah, he's the worst. Showing Mara a picture of his before and after. Look at his teeth before the veneers. Send that to me. It's hard to see. It's pretty. Okay, I'm going to text it to you. We'll post it. Yeah. But no, Danny was just like, she was like very sweet. Kind of like Camilla in that kind of way. Like she was sweet. She seemed kind of innocent. But a lot more outgoing and funny than Camilla. Definitely. She had a bigger personality. And she was really well liked by the other islanders. Yes, she was helped. beloved by the second and fourth audiences. Oh my god, wait, these pictures. I fucking know. He looks like he's twelve years old in this before. I yeah, he might be. <laughs> Holy shit. He wow. has really great eyebrows, one thing I'll give him. He does have very nice eyebrows. Where is Danny from? I feel like she has a really specific accent and just like had this really classic like person mm. like Love Island personality. It's a good question. Let's see. Where is she from? Danny Daya. Danny Daya. 
London. Huh. Yeah, I mean, obviously she had a, her father is an actor, right? So. Also named Danny Dyer. But D-A-N-N-Y and she's D-A-N-I. <laughs> yeah, so I think that she knew how to be in front of a camera. I think she knew how to feel comfortable. Totally. God, she's only 26 years old. Oh my God, this shit makes me feel old as fuck. Yeah, she was, I think, 21 when she was on the show. Wow. Wait, I want to find, like, a classic Danny moment. Carry on being you and being lovely. (laughs) That's my Danny Dyer impression. That was perfect. She's a classic. Yeah. All right, let's get into our top three. With 3.7 million Instagram followers. We have our Queen Mara Higgins. And a a little spoiler here, all of the top three are from season five. Of course they are. Right. Well, I think that that is a great piece of evidence to back up that season five was objectively the best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Mara was hot and funny, like we said. (laughs) I love that that's our takeaway. Don't worry. (laughs) Anyone can do it. Just be supermodel hot and fucking hilarious. (laughs) That's for a girl, obviously, right? For guys, you only have to be funny. Totally. That's true. (laughs) See you um, will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mara was a lot like Ek and Sue, too. She didn't, she gave no fucks. She did whatever she wanted to do, and she didn't care how many people she left in her wake. And people love to watch that. It makes for great fucking TV. Mm. I also remember her having a huge amount of Irish support, right? Yes. Yes. They were like, our queen. And I was like, right. same. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, it's funny watching this show because you kind of, like, pick up on, like, stereotypes that exist in the UK. So, like, obviously, Scots, Scottish people and Irish people are, like, known for being quite funny. Uh They've got the crack, if you Uh will. So I think that helps. I don't know why. I do see it. Like, I I, I will say, like, some of the funniest people are often Scottish and Irish. Uh I don't know why it's so different than the rest of the UK, but... Yeah, I don't either. She had some, like, classic, I would say, both catchphrases and moments that she made really, really big and noteworthy. Yeah. The classic, are you joking, that we have in our intro song. And then, yeah, you might need to help me remember the specifics of the situation, but what I remember her from most, I would say, in the season, other than obviously eventually uh, coupling up with Curtis and writing it to the end with him was her situation with I believe it was somebody named Tom or someone who she was in a couple with they're going to the hideaway together and then she overheard him talking about we'll see if she's all mouth like before they went into the hideaway and she created a huge scene over it as she should have basically broke up with him and refused to go into the hideaway with him right oh yes that was amazing yeah yeah that's exactly what happened she threw a she went off on him yeah it was great. Maura, as the winner of today's challenge, you may now invite a boy of your choice to spend the night with you in the hideaway. Oh. Hashtag happy bunny. Hashtag do not disturb. Someone's getting frisky. Hey. Oh, no. I know, I 
obviously Tom. 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 What the frick? I've kissed him three times, and now all the girls are like, "Ooh!" and all the boys are like, "Ooh!" So see how it goes. You no. Are you open to the idea? Yeah. It's, it's what it is. <laughs> if it happens, it's a natural thing. Everyone does it. It's a natural thing that happens. Sex is a natural thing to do, bro. If it happens, I've slept yeah. with girls after much less time than I've not. Of course, you have your dirty dog. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Dirty. It's like I'm not. I'm not being. I'm not trying to be. Someone's calling you, mate. Yeah, I'm not overthinking it. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if she is all mouth or not. That one. Oh! <laughs> I think she heard it. What did you just say to them? No, why? What did you just say? Just then. It'd be interested to see if you're on my off or not. You did not just say that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you say that? Because no, they were saying you're going to get did you in the line. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Why? Are you fucking joking? Why? That's a dickhead comment. <laughs> What? Fuck off. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I feel like that was miscommunication, I don't know what. What do you mean miscommunication? You said what you said. No, they asked yes, me. Yes, you did. They you asked... went out, you said it. And now what, you're saying you didn't? I repeated what they asked me. I said it'd be interesting to see if she's all mouth. Yeah, you said it, Tom. That's not, that's not Yes, me. you said it, making me feel like a piece of shit. I'm not, I, I'm, what? I'm what? flabbergasted. They asked me a question. They asked you a question. Maybe you should have been a gentleman. I was just repeating the question. You, you would. Dragging me over, and I just yeah, went... Yeah, and what you, Because you're a follower, Tom. Can you not have your own opinion? Well, you shouldn't have said that about me, OK? I, I didn't did not say to... it. Yes, you did. Don't lie to my face. Piss off. I can't off. stand here and scream and shout with you. Yeah, and what do you expect me to do? Go in and suck you off or something? No, I, Piss I wasn't off. expecting anything. I don't want to speak to you. Piss off. Tom, just give us some space, I think. You would have done exactly what I just yeah, done. Exactly. I'm not going to let anyone talk about me like I'm a piece of garbage. He's trying to be a lad out there in front of all the boys. I don't want a lad, I want a gentleman. Yeah. Someone that's going to talk about me with a bit of respect. Yeah, I'm just very angry. I think you caught the wrong end of that No, chat. I didn't. Tell me what you feel first. He's trying to be a lad. A real mm -hmm. man would not speak about a woman the way he said, the way he spoke about me down there. Oh. I'm 28, like I could have slept with 100 men, but I didn't. And I wouldn't just sleep with someone the minute, I, like I've never had I a think... I've never even had a one night no, stand, Anton. No, no. I think that he was just trying to put up to the boys, and I know that may be a little bit unattractive mm. to you, but he didn't mean it in a malicious way, and that's all I'm going to say. I don't need to be annoyed at him for that. I just think I that's. Think... That's completely wrong. I just think, the, yeah. His comment down there completely wrong, and I'm so glad I came yeah. down because he's the last person that I want to spend the night with. That's fair enough. And that is the truth. We're in 2019. Why is it such a big deal when a girl talks about sex? No, Why? Not. Why is it such a big deal? I'm not speaking to him. He better stay away from me tonight because I will lay into him again. I'd be scared if I was him. I'd be scared if I was him. He literally scared. just came up here with his turn in between his legs like a little lost puppy. Like, I don't know. I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
Um, I remembered when she was still flirting with Tommy and she like grabbed a popsicle and mm-hmm. she like looked at them, looked at all the boys in the kitchen, like fully deep throated the popsicle <laughs> and then like walked away. <laughs> we should uh, post that. <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny. But like, that's the kind of, you know, you gotta be hot and funny. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 totally. She had, I would say, an amazing first audience game. She basically, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that Curtis and Amy were pretty much over, but she swooped him up, saw a little Mm -hmm. bit of weakness there, and wrote it out to the finale with him. She also had an amazing third and fourth audience game. I really think that that is what it comes down to for these top, top few. Definitely, definitely. All right. Coming in in second and our only male Islander on this entire list at 5.1 million Instagram followers is Tommy Fury himself. Let's Mm -hmm. chat about Tommy. Yeah. I, I'm, man. Tommy obviously was extremely devoted to Molly Mm -hmm. once once they were coupled and I think it was his devotion to her that made him so likable. Yes. I also think that he had a huge amount of momentum coming into the season because of his very famous brother, boxer Tyson Fury, who I just looked up has 5.8 million Instagram followers. Right. So I guess in addition to being hot and funny, you should also be a Nepo baby. (laughs) Clout always helps. (laughs) Yes. Clout always helps. People want to know what you're going to do on the season. Want to see you find love. I think that Claudia had an opportunity to capitalize on that and unfortunately was kind of fucked over by Casey or put too many of her eggs in his basket too early on. Well, and Danny Dyer, of course, also a Nepo baby. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy's is straightforward. I think it was just the devotion to Molly and his clout coming in. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's riding the coattails of Miss Molly, who is number one in this. Yes. Yeah, she is. And we'll get into that right now. I just find it interesting that Amber was so beloved, but is not on this list. And as I'm looking at this list, these people are all white. I mean, Ekansu is Turkish. She's Middle Eastern, I guess, right? Yeah, Turkey's in Asia. It's in Asia and Europe. And Europe? Actually, the city of Istanbul is in both continents. Fun fact. Whoa. I've been to Turkey. Fun fact. Same. Spent half a day there. Oh, really? Where'd you go? Istanbul. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) I went to... Oh, fuck. What place is it? Turkey country is what I need here. Oh, yeah, country in the Middle East. Yeah, I guess that is the Middle East. I didn't really think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. But she's white passing. It's just yeah. a, it's just a thing to keep in mind. And as always, we encourage all of our followers to follow all of the players of color because that is unfortunately an uphill battle that they always have to climb. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember. I went there on a cruise ship. We docked for like half a day and I got to go to Ephesus, which is the old ancient town. Mm-hmm. There was like some hill that apparently Jesus would climb up and down every day. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Saw the house where Mother Mary 
lived allegedly <laughs> <laughs> allegedly for sure i mean i assuming it's true <laughs> who knows anyway so yes as mara said number one on our list and with 7.5 million instagram followers is so molly may mother of bambi girlfriend of tommy fury contestant and bombshell of season five tell me what you remember about molly may uh, you know it's funny talking about molly may right ari because you and i are mara higgins girlies yeah and i know that you and i have sometimes questioned wondered about the allure of molly yeah I don't know. I, I, I think it's like Danny, like an Olivia. She was very sweet, innocent. She was funny in the same way that like Lana was funny. She was like ditzy. Mm-hmm. But she was clearly also intelligent. And I think that was kind of like her naivety is what made her charming. Yeah, I think that she was kind of like the girl next door on that season that a lot of people felt like they could relate to. Yeah. Also, if you want to feel really old, Molly May and Tommy are both currently 23 years old. I know that we talked about this, but I'm still just as shocked. I know, yeah, I actually do think we've (laughs) talked about this before, but I will remain shocked about it every time it's brought up. Were they 16 when they were on the show? What the fuck? 20. They were both 20. How has it only been three years? I I know. It's been a lifetime. I know. (laughs) Was that season during fucking COVID? No. No, that was 2018. That doesn't make sense then. They couldn't have been 20 on the show in 23 now if that was five years ago. Maybe it was 2019. Maybe I am mixing, mixing up the years. Love Island Love season, Island five. season five. <laughs> Google, my best friend. 2019. Okay, so they're probably almost 24. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like going to be 24 in a month. That's so fucking insane to me. Yeah. And so Molly May and Tommy were the runner-ups that season behind Amber Gill and Greg O'Shea. And I think that what she has really done post-show that has raised her following, because she definitely came off beloved, but not with Mm 7.5 million Instagram followers. She has been, for the past two years, the creative director of Pretty Little Thing. Right. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, she definitely, like, churned out the content after the show ended. And I think it's her parasocial play after the uh, show ended that has helped her maintain this, like, level of relevancy. Like, I know that she put out, she puts out blogs a lot, like, on YouTube. Yeah. And talks a lot about their life. She posted, like, a really emotional one recently. I don't know if you saw it about Was it about getting her fillers out? Oh. No, about being a new mom. <laughs> You're like, about being a new mother? I'm like, about her lips? <laughs> I did a really emotional post about removing her lip filler. <laughs> I actually also saw that, Mara. <laughs> An emotional post about removing her lip filler. I'm not kidding. That's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she got her lip filler removed. At least most of it. She looks a lot different. I'll see if I can send you a picture. I personally, I know, I know no shame to lip filler. I love the fact that people are removing their fillers. 
Mm-hmm. I love that we're going back to like basics a little bit. Faye Winter did the same and came out and talked about it. Both of them have I've yeah. seen that from both of them recently. Oh, Look, at, I'm sending you a picture of uh, Molly May currently. She actually looks very, very different. Okay, this was before, or after? No, that's current. She's so pretty. She is. Yeah, so she put out this video just about how she, um, like, started getting filler when she was, like, 16, and then at a certain point, I think, like, her sister came to her and was like, you've, like, gone overboard, and she's like, you're right, and she just, like, I mean, I wouldn't say she doesn't have any, but it's definitely toned down. Yeah. 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 And we went off on a tangent with this one. We did. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Molly May is likable because she's like cute and innocent and naive. Yes. Gives off that naivete. And I mean, another part of this game that is extremely important is that if you're not a Nepo baby, if you're not somebody who came into the villa with existing clout, you should try to couple up with that person. So yeah. she did that with Tommy. Jesse and Will did that with each other. Jack Fincham did that with Danny Dyer. Casey, to yeah. a certain extent, did that for a moment with Claudia. Yeah. These are extremely important players who come in with existing followings and we you know we see that as another great move to get yourself tied to that person because then their audience will take an interest in you so i assume that her being with tommy has had a lot to do with her success 100 percent, and vice versa i mean they're just kind of a parasocial powerhouse but i think that absolutely you know i mean she has two and a half more million Instagram followers than he does even or than Tyson Fury does. Right. But I think that, you know, being with him helped propel her in the start of that journey. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now we're going to move into talking about our lexicon. We've used different terminology throughout this past season and we just sort of want to go over them. We've also come up with a couple new ones and, um, yeah, we just want to kind of go through and explain what everything means. So when you hear us say it in the future, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start with the head-turning scale that we came up with during the course of the season. There are six different levels that we have put on this scale. We are open to tweaking and making adjustments, so if you feel like we have them in the wrong order or missed one or something like that, please don't hesitate to let us know. Yeah. Level number one is Twitch. Level number two is Scramble. Level number three is Could Turn. Level number four is Swivel. Level number... Five is turn, and level number six is spin. Yeah. Another term that we use is implied boning. This is when the producers show footage that implies sexual relationship between two islanders. Most often in the hideaway, but not only in the hideaway. Right. Our next term is BCGC. And this is a boys chat, girls chat, or a morning debrief that all of the Islanders yep. have pretty much every morning, but also after dates, after hideaways, after important moments to Absolutely. debrief and discuss the events 
in single gendered groups. Yes. Next is Pagatfi. Please gather around the fire pit immediately. This is usually sent via text to the Islanders from the producers. Next is family endorsement. And this is when the family of an Islander provides their support and endorsement of a relationship that that Islander is a part of. So um, as we saw, a classic family endorsement from this past season was Jesse's family telling Will that Jesse's dad wanted her to marry Will. Hardcore right. family endorsement. Hardcore. Next is the bombshell protocol, which was actually coined this season by Ellie. In the reunion. And what what she said specifically was, bombshell's got a bombshell. Bombshell's got a bombshell. Yeah. Yes. So the job of a bombshell is to enter the villa, shake things up, make waves, create drama among the islanders. Yes. Now, this next one, we unfortunately did not actually use in our episode, and I think that Mara came up with it directly after, and I died laughing. So we will be using it (laughs) moving forward. This next term is the final baptism. And this is a term that Mara came up with to describe the ritual of all of the islanders jumping in the pool after their declarations of love in their full formal attire this was a tradition created during season three is that confirmed pretty sure that was when it started yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) it really does feel like a cleansing to me yeah it's 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 also a celebration we did it it is absolutely yeah (laughs) and our last term is of course the og islander bias which i'm not going to go over because we've been talking about it this whole episode right and i do feel confident after our conversation that we had in the first half of this episode that it is a thing yeah all right so with that we are now going to get into our off-season segment called high tea So this week, Mara and I both chose two different pieces of tea to listen to, and we are going to go back and forth, giving each other the option to choose one. And so you're about to get an in-depth look at two pieces of tea. You're welcome. Yeah. What do you like to go Mm -hmm. first? Sure. So the two pieces of tea include Sammy and Tom on Chloe's podcast, Chloe versus the World, Mm -hmm. or Faye Winter on Toby's podcast, chat about it or fancy a chat fancy a chat well as you know i am a big tom and sammy fan so i will choose that excellent it was a much more interesting interview great (laughs) (laughs) correct choice yeah good choice excellent choice just gonna go through some of the highlights basically Sammy shared that she's actually applied to be on the show three times. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And she like first applied during, it was Chloe's season. I think it was 2018 maybe. And then finally got picked for this one. Wait, sorry. Chloe's season would not have been 2018 if Molly and Tommy's was 2019. Chloe's would have been 2020. You right. Which is is. really crazy because it feels like a million years ago, but literally millions of years ago. I had the same thought when I was listening to Olivia on Toby's podcast and he was talking about how they had to quarantine for longer because it was COVID. And I was like, you were on the show during COVID. I thought you were on the show 10 years ago. (laughs) 
Yeah. So speaking of Sammy, so Sammy also shared that she was supposed to be an original Islander Mm. and they ended up switching her to be a bombshell. So she was kept in quarantine for three weeks. She said her phone got taken away the first week. They gave it back to her the second week and then they took it away again. What? Yeah. Because they thought that she was about to go in, and then they were like, oh, she's not here. Yeah. Have your phone. They changed. Still, that just feels sloppy. Yep. I agree. And she talked a lot about how no matter who was in the villa, she was like, I just constantly kept changing who my top people were to make sure that I would get in there. Whoa. You mean just changing who her top people were to match who they would want somebody to couple up with at that time? Exactly. Whoa. So, so like, I know. So Aaron, so she was like, oh, yeah, Aaron was in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, Aaron, he's at my top for sure. She just wanted to get in the villa. It's giving Colton Underwood. Yes. Yes. Okay, just a slight bit of context for those who don't know. Colton Underwood famously went on uh, This American Life and did an interview after his time as The Bachelor in which he told them that he told the producers that his top pick was Hannah Godwin, even though his actual top pick was Cassie Randolph, so that he would essentially like protect Cassie and have them not like mess up his relationship with her. Yeah. Okay, so some other interesting tidbits. Tom basically said that he was getting really stressed out because he didn't really feel like he actually had a connection with anyone until Sammy came in. Mm-hmm. So I guess he is kind of admitting of forcing it with all the other girls. Yeah. I mean, I've heard him say that as well, I think, on yeah. even like the finale. I feel like he said that. Yeah. They talked a little bit about the like edit and the portrayal of... The Islanders in the villa, they both said that Tanya um, was the only one who was portrayed differently, that, you know, she came across really mean, but she was actually very nice, which Mm. we've heard before. Mm -hmm. They also said that, oh, you'll like this. You'll like this one. Is it about Shaq? Tom shared. No. (laughs) It's about Casey sucking. So (laughs) (laughs) even better. Uh, Tom said that Casey was the main one encouraging the boys in Casa. Mm, I see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I was interested to hear that comment. Uh-huh. They said that. Oh, 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 yes. Okay. This is one I definitely wanted to share with you. After they got a text about movie night, Ron went up to Sammy and warned her that he made that comment <gasps> about her lipsing everyone. Wait, about her lip-seeing everyone? Oh, that that she would be lip-seeing people in Casa. Yes. Oh, my God. That explains why they didn't fight about it, because I was so confused about that. I know. I was like, oh, Ari will love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he went ahead and shared that. Why wouldn't they show us that? I don't know. Because they suck. Because it's boring, quote-unquote, I guess. I don't know. They said that the drama from movie night went on for a really long time. It was mm-hmm. like back and forth with Will and Jesse for like four days. Which in the villa feels like an eternity, probably. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The producers also gave pu- something called pubs, P-U-Bs, for like, I forget what they st- stood for. Like something unacceptable behavior, potential unacceptable behavior, something like that. Oh. Basically, it's like a slap on the wrist or like a demerit, essentially. A warning. 
Yeah, a warning for certain be- behaviors. And uh, Tom says he got a couple. Sammy said she got one. Apparently, Keenan got a lot. And Keenan, what did they sh- did they say what they got them for at all? No, they did Interesting. not. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, wait. It seemed like they couldn't share. Should we add pubs to our list? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Potentially unacceptable behavior. Love it. I'm sure that they got a pub for when they stole all the champagne and drank it at the beach club. Yeah, well, if you choose a certain piece of tea that I have, we might have the opportunity to chat about that a little bit more. Okay, nice. Okay, so some other things. Shaq and Tanya were the most sexually active out of everyone in the villa. They were having sex like every single night. Oh, my God. And that was why they had to get their bed moved downstairs. (gasps) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that came across a little bit when in the ranking challenge, everyone was obviously yeah. like Shaq and Tanya are the horniest couple, number one. <laughs> yep, exactly. Ugh. Yeah. And then they were both really honest about coming on for exposure and the opportunity. Love it. Yeah. They were like, hopefully we find love, but we're coming. Yeah, we both came on here to like get exposure and like have other opportunities with work amazing see and that that i think is when we were talking before about how to integrate gameplay into the game i think that that is what needs to just be a little bit more openly discussed and understood as being a motivation for every single person in that villa to be there yeah i think it's interesting that like obviously i know you and i liked sammy and tom I think this is exactly why. Mm-hmm. And I think this is exactly why a lot of people did not like Sammy and Tom. Yeah. But it's like clearly they're abiding by the set of rules and, and functioning that we also have. Right. So it makes sense that we were like, oh, cool. Love them. And then everyone else is like, no, they're not there they're for, for the, the wrong right reasons. reasons. Yeah. They're bringing me to Ron. <laughs> yeah. So they also talked a little bit about how the Instagram shutdown with uh, not allowing the families mm-hmm. to use it. The blackout. Uh, they talked a little bit about how that's affecting their followers. Chloe was like, were you guys like super pissed <laughs> coming off the show? Yeah. And Sammy was like, actually, I wasn't really because I was just comparing myself to the other Islanders that she was on the show with. She was like, I was actually doing pretty well for myself. <laughs> right. So she wasn't comparing her following to what it was from previous seasons, but just right. the cast that, yeah. I mean, the and they cast, do yeah. have a big enough following that they'll be able to do some influencing, especially if they, you know, make something of it, which as we've said before, every Islander has to do regardless of the following that they come off of the show with. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, it didn't, didn't help reduce trolls at all they talked a lot about tanya and Shaq getting attacked obviously mm-hmm. so i don't know i wonder if they'll change that yeah i'll be so curious to see if they do it again me too me too okay a couple other things they said ron and lana never had sex in the villa as far as they knew hmm. they wanted to keep it pg and wait until they got out did they what sammy, oh, and, tom? sammy and tom yes yeah they did they admitted they had sex in there and she said like everyone was yeah i remembering specifically a moment where tom was like saying that his favorite was speed bump or whatever and she was like there will be no speed bumping in the villa (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i uh i it was interesting she talked a little bit about she was like yeah they never show that anymore and chloe was like oh yeah one of the producers said to me like this isn't Pornhub." (laughs) 
I was like, I wouldn't see it. <laughs> That's so that reminds me of when we were talking with Rod and he was like, I want to see yeah. penetration. And I was like, I, I think you're looking for porn. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Chloe shared that um, people were really bad about sex in her season, that they were just constantly having sex, and people were having sex in, like, the pantry and shit. Holy And Tom shit. was like, oh, that wouldn't be possible because they said we only could have one person allowed in the pantry at a time. Oh, that's and why. <laughs> Chloe was like, that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my God. People were having sex in the pantry in season... What was it? Seven? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Season seven. Okay. <laughs> Fascinating. And Yeah. And lastly, um, everyone got really drunk on the plane, especially Ron. Yes. We knew that. I think we've talked about that before, how yeah. he and Lana allegedly got into a fight, not fight, etc. He talked about it on the reunion. Right. Right. So... Yeah, they said that they were really worried because Ron spilled coffee on himself while he was drunk, and they were worried he got burned. Oh, jeez. I know. Wow. It's like that. What was that documentary, Hot Coffee, about the woman who sued McDonald's? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Also, the fact that he was drunk enough that they had to be like, all right, Ron, time for a coffee. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's so funny. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. I know. It's really funny. Okay. That was great. T, I appreciate that. Yeah. So my two options for you, Mara, are a YouTube video that Will and Jesse did on Love Island Secrets or a YouTube video that Ron did on his own YouTube channel entitled Life After the Villa and What Now? Yeah. I got to go Will and Jesse because I don't really care about Ron. Yeah. That's the right decision. Can I just give you like a brief overview of the Ron one because it was so fucking yes. annoying. Literally yeah. like the entire thing was him just being like, I can't believe I have a YouTube channel. I don't know how to make content. It's so weird. Uh, it oh makes God. people's days to meet me. It's so cool. And then he like had this whole thing about Lana and how he wants to take her golfing. And he said that he'll let her take a few shots and then said, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not expecting big things from it, but I think it will be funny. I was just like <laughs> horrified. I hate him so much. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> will and Jesse. <laughs> okay. Tell me. Tell me their secrets. Okay, so they both talked about how they were approached to be on the season. Will said that he was approached uh, via a cheeky Instagram DM to be on the show, but that he actually auditioned for the show two years ago and wasn't picked. Hmm. So my mind immediately goes to he probably didn't have the social media following two years ago, and building that up over the course of two years, he became a much more desirable islander for the producers. That's a good point. Yeah. Jessie says she was approached to do it. I mean, she just already obviously had an ongoing relationship with ITV because she had been on the show before. She was like, I was single and was going between Bali and Australia. And I thought, why not? I want a boyfriend. Love Island Australia was so fun. Why would I ever turn that down? Nice. Yeah. So then they asked them about if they had watched previous seasons of the show. And this is interesting. I'm very curious about your thoughts. Jessie says that she doesn't watch TV because she's just, like, too fidgety and, like, can't pay attention, which I totally see. Also, mm -hmm. as I, Gabe was looking over my shoulder as I was watching this interview, and he said that Jessie reminded him of Keely. Did you watch Ted Lasso? Yeah, I totally get that. I Definitely. know. I was like, that is such a good comparison. I totally saw it, too, as soon as he pointed it out. Yeah. 
And then Will says that he has never watched Love Island. What? Okay, now here is where it's very interesting to me. When he was going through interviews for the show, he would ask the producers, like, should I watch it and, like, get a sense of what the show is? And they told him no. Uh And then Jesse says that when she was going through interviews for the show, they told her that she should watch it so that she knew what to expect. Right. That's very interesting. I know. They didn't get into that anymore, but I was like, that is such a weird discrepancy. I wonder if it's because they wanted Jesse to be successful and, I don't know, maybe just had a different yeah. run planned for Will that he kind of broke outside of. Yeah. I'm wondering if they maybe thought Will would be a little bit more easily manipulated mm. if he was left ignorant. I don't know, but I thought it was fascinating. Also, they didn't clarify, so I don't know if this was what Jessie was told when she was auditioning for Love Island Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they wouldn't have said watch it to know what to expect when she was going on to UK because she'd already been on this show. So it must have been for Australia. So I'm also then wondering, is this a difference in how Love Island Australia producers handle it versus Love Island UK? I don't know. I don't really have an answer, but I just thought that was really interesting that they had such different experiences. Yeah, that is. Also, just in general, shocking that they haven't seen it. Like, do you believe that? I find it hard to believe that Will, who has applied multiple times, has never seen the show. Well, that I don't, make I don't think that he applied this time. But still. Yeah. How do you apply for a show you've never even seen? I don't know. It's dumb. Yeah. So this was closer to when they came off of the show. So they chatted a little bit about where they were moving. Jesse said that they were going to wing it for a little bit and stay at the farm for lambing season and then look at places closer to London. Mm-hmm. They were asked about their favorite things in the villa. And Jesse said that her favorite moment in the villa was when Will told her that he loves her. That's nice. This is really cute. Will's favorite thing in the villa was seeing Jesse and her family. He said that he knows that her mom and sister didn't have passports and it touched his heart to see Jesse reunite with her family. That's and then nice. Jesse is like, it touches my heart. How much that touches your heart. <laughs> so they're so in oh love. My <laughs> She's like, that really shows how much you care about me, that that was your favorite moment. Yeah, that's really cute. So cute. They're asked what they were not going to miss about the villa and Will immediately jokes, the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> which we know is a joke because Casey and him are best friends. Right. Then he does say that it's really difficult to say what he won't miss because it was the best experience of his life, but that it's probably shack farting, <laughs> <laughs> which oh my God. I have heard from various Islanders. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah. Yikes. Maybe another reason that they were downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse says that she won't miss all of the snoring in the room and Tom sleep talking. Wow. And then Will tells a little story of when him and Tom had to sleep in bed together once and Tom was like up like and this is something I do too. gay freaks gave out like he's like up like muttering to himself and like doing oh, wow. things in the middle of the night and Will was like you're freaking me out. Stop it. Oh my- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then they were asked, did you ever get told off in the villa? And this Mm -hmm. is 
interesting to me because they both say no. Will is like, I'm a good boy. I wasn't told off even once. And then they Hmm. later talk about the champagne thing. So we'll chat about that in a second. Okay. But Jesse says that she would tell Will off before the producers would tell him off. Hmm. And they both kind of giggle and they're like, yeah, she would be like, boys, stop it. (laughs) Which I can totally (laughs) see. Yeah, I can see that too. Jesse says that the only time that she got in trouble would be during lunch because, as we know, when they eat lunch, they're not filming and so they're not allowed to talk about anything related to the villa. But if she was annoyed or particularly hyped up about something, she would start to talk about it. And she says that the producers would say, you're going to have to go sit on your own if you keep talking about that. But other Mm. than that, they were good. Interesting. They are asked if they ever found out news about the outside world while they were in the villa. And Will says, no, you're not allowed to know. But, and I think this is very interesting, when they went on dates, they would be in cars with the driver. And the lads would all sweet talk the drivers and then kind of slip in a question about, like, who won this football game? Or Mm. mainly about football is what he said they they would ask about football updates and who won what games. And he didn't really care, but that he would do it to pass the information on to the other lads. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Huh. I find it interesting that none of them give a fuck about, like, politics or, like, (laughs) just, like, who won this game. Right, exactly. The only news they care about. Not like, you know, how's it going? The country, the world, or the climate. I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They were asked if there was anything that wasn't shown. And Jesse says that at the start, it wasn't shown how close her and Will were. And that even before they formed a romantic connection, he was her first friend in the villa which I thought was cute. And then Will kind of goes, playa! Like he was like playing the long game the whole time and they giggle about that. They were asked if there were any Islanders that they were particularly close with that we didn't see. And Jesse says that she was super close with Tom, Aaron, Spencer, and Sanam. Hmm. Will says it's obvious that my closest mates were Tom and Casey. Right. Interesting that she was close with Sanam. We didn't really see that at all. We didn't see that at all, no. Hmm. So then they're asked, did anyone manage to get drunk or tipsy in the villa? And this is where Will talks about that moment. Yeah. He says that on the beach club day, there were boxes of Prosecco everywhere. And so him and Tom and Casey took bottles of Prosecco to the terrace. And then Casey kind of got pulled down to have a chat with Rosie. And that was obviously when that whole drama was going on with Rosie and Claudia and all of that. So him and Tom were up on the terrace. Terrace Tom, love it. <laughs> Chugging Prosecco because they didn't know when they were going to be stopped. So they were just like trying to get the bottles down oh um, before the producers could stop them. Jesus Christ. And he says that they weren't allowed to be on camera all day because it was too obvious that they were drunk. And because of that, he couldn't talk to Jesse all day because they oh. weren't allowed to film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But don't you think it's interesting that he's like, I was a good boy, I never got in trouble, but did that? Doesn't that seem like a pretty big thing? Yeah, that seems contradictory. Maybe it, like, wasn't a big deal for the producers. They were just like, whatever, I guess you just can't be on the show today. (laughs) Right, right. Also, I'd love to go back and watch that episode and see how much they were missing from it, because I didn't really note that as I watched it the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I have to go back and look. 
So then they were asked what they did on their, quote, chilled day, which is the one weekend day every week where they are doing a little bit less filming. Jesse does say that there was still filming going on, but she would also pluck her eyebrows and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) They would apparently try to sneak out of their holding places. You know, I would assume that the girls are together and the boys are together to see each other. And the producers would yell at them to stay apart. Again, sounds like a time that they got in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I guess for me, like, them saying that they never got in trouble and then saying these times where it sounds like they got in trouble, to me, the way that I'm reading that, maybe this is totally off base, is that they weren't actually getting in trouble for these things. Like, they can be told, like, don't do that, don't talk about that, don't whatever, but there's not a sense of, like, you're in trouble. Right, right, right. Or it's not a pub. Right. That makes sense. I mean, it sounds like it is a pub, though. I don't know. I know. I would think the champagne thing would be a pub. Yeah. The champagne thing is just an ub. (laughs) Definitely. An unacceptable behavior. Yes. Will says that during those chilled days, all the boys would play tennis and other games with sponges that they had in the shower and then he said that the bowl of lemons in the kitchen was also they were fake lemons and so they would like play this game with the fake lemons that he like thoroughly explained but i couldn't be bothered to take notes about the rules of the lemon game (laughs) that's fine (laughs) i guess they're bored when they were asked about their plans for the next few months will just said that they were going to be farming going around london he's a country boy and hasn't spent much time in london so it would be nice to explore the city together and that's that great yeah nice yeah some little tidbits of tea all right Well, Ari, that concludes our episode today where we're breaking down the OG Islander bias and all of our lexicon and, of course, our high tea segment. And our gameplay strats. Our gameplay strategy. If you want to uh, leave us any comments about your thoughts on all of this, we would absolutely love to hear it. Yeah. Definitely are happy to get some listener input with this as well as we flesh it out a little bit more and i'm excited to see i'm starting to get more excited for the summer season and like to see what happens yeah i am super excited for the summer season particularly curious to see if they'll continue the social media blackouts right especially with what we heard in your high tea today with tom and sammy and my high tea last week with olivia saying that it actually made the trolling worse because she got it all at once when she came out of the villa that i'm particularly interested for see if the ratings pick up again in the summer season and if the instagram followings pick up through the summer season and potentially going back to having their social media active while they're on the show a lot of exciting stuff to come and gosh the season is right around the corner (laughs) yeah really coming up quick yeah so we will Uh. of course be here breaking it all down and come back next week for another interview yes yes please stay tuned all right thanks so much for tuning in and we cannot wait to chat next week Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us at She's Got the Chat on Instagram and TikTok. Rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Can't wait to chat next week.